Welcome to the LinkedIn Lounge Podcast Season 2. There are many buzzwords that are floating around LinkedIn, talking about workplace culture, work-life balance, quiet quitting, quiet firing, the great resignation, and we're here to dive in and talk about what it is employees want and how employers are trying to meet their employees where they're at. So don't multitask while you listen to this. Sit down, get focused, and put in those earbuds. Let's get started. Artificial intelligence, quite a buzzword we see swirling around a lot right now out in media, in the news, online, whatever, you name it, people are talking about it. I think ultimately we can probably all agree that artificial intelligence can be helpful, it's useful, it saves time, it reduces human error, and generally it can be a good tool. The problem is when we try to replace the human aspect with the artificial aspect. And ultimately, anything that is an imitation is never going to be as good as the original. And that's what all artificial intelligence is. It's artificial and it's imitating something that's supposed to be real. And inherently, imitations aren't always bad okay there's a time and a place where it's okay and maybe even necessary to use that type of shortcut or tool to make progress a very famous example being alan turing who really is the pioneer of artificial intelligence you may have seen the film the imitation game and his work with computer science some have claimed was really what brought the end of World War II. And he essentially believed that anything that was able to be computable by humans could also be computed digitally on the computer. But then much more closer to home is the fact that when I log onto a website and I need support or help, I can use the chat box no matter what time of day and I can hopefully get some sort of response or at least it sparks that initial support and so I don't need to wait until opening hours. Um, So there are downsides and upsides, right? But artificial intelligence has been a lot, you know, around a lot longer than I think many of us really consider or think about um, simply because now we have chat GPT right at our hands. Now it's like, oh, artificial intelligence is here, I can use it for my own benefit, I can experience it for myself. And so we're talking about it a lot more, even though it's been readily readily active and being used for um, at least 30 to 40 years now, maybe just not in the same way we have been using it. The thing is, is many people are realizing how helpful it is, how much of a time saver it can be, But I think it's really taking away the aspect of creativity. And people have put into ChatGPT these prompts that, you know, they say, write me a funny poem about X. And ChatGPT can write out something that's kind of satirical. But yet it's really missing that layer of (laughs) um, what it is to be human, that understanding of satire and humor and sarcasm and being able to go another 
level deeper or another layer and expose the human side that simply a computer can't reach. And I really liked this quote by um, social media expert Jen. She shared on Instagram not too long ago a quote that said, technology may speed up the process on certain things, but it's human-to-human connection that truly binds us. Some things are too precious to automate. And that's really what it comes down to, is that just because we can doesn't mean that we should. And that human connection is something that many of us really missed out a lot on, um, let's say, during the pandemic. And we realized how much we craved being in community and how valuable and important that was to our well-being and to our mental health. And I don't think any of us want to really connect that to or replace that with something that's automated. There's something, too, to being said when picking up the phone, you can actually talk to someone. It's so much more appreciative. You can get so much better results. You feel like you're understood. And sure, there's advantages to being to hop, you know, hop online, have a chat bot <laughs> respond to you. But it also can be extremely frustrating when you pick up the phone and you are, you know, prompted with recorded message after recorded message with having to press the button of where to go next. And it can be really frustrating. You're like, can I just speak to a person? I don't think anyone has ever said, can I just speak to a robot? I was having a conversation with someone the other day and they were saying how they were going to start writing their second book and that they um, they were going to use ChatGPT to help them write it. And I found it very interesting that they had no problem expressing the fact that they were not going to write the book by themselves, that they were going to use AI in order to get started, and then they were going to fill in the spaces from there. And I think it raises a question of originality and plagiarism. If ChatGPT is going to write your book for you, who is going to get credit for what's written? And how much of that is being pulled from somewhere else? Um, Part of AI is based on Moore's Law, which essentially says this. I'm going to read this um, from a Harvard website because I am not an expert in AI, right? This is not my field, Um, but it's very interesting. And so it says that um, it turns out the fundamental limit of computer storage that was holding us back 30 years ago was no longer a problem. Moore's Law, which estimates that the memory and speed of computers doubles every year, had finally caught up and in many cases surpassed our needs. Um, And this is where, I mean, there was kind of a competition between Google and um, another Chinese company about who can hold and house the most information. Um, So it says, we saturate the capabilities of AI to the level of our current computational power, computer storage and processing speed, and then wait for Moore's law to catch up again. So um, that, you know, the fact that we are inputting, right, they're humans, they're people who are inputting this data online into these computers, and then it works with it, right, and it it doubles it and and whatnot. Um, But all the thing that's always kind of got to me too with ChatGPT and these AI programs is the fact that it can it is only basing its responses off of human input. And so eventually we're going to end up speaking into an echo chamber where we're all going to be saying the same thing 
unless people continue to put in their new original thought and experience. So it has to rely on humans and people in order to extract and grab the information that it needs to synthesize it into something else. So if someone's going to write a book based on a, you know, using AI, it's essentially not their work. Um, and then there's the question of who does that work belong to? Another interesting question that I have seen swirling around out on the internet <laughs> is the fact that AI can um, narrow down its responses and answers and can selectively choose what to put out. And that means there's going to be a skewed or most certainly um, a very biased response based on the input of data and um, the restrictions that it's given in order to give an answer. And so we can essentially rewrite history however we want based on the restrictions and data you know that we put in that we want the responses to be get how we want the responses to be given. So whoever is essentially checking the AI system, I'm not quite sure how that works, but they can put in limits and inputs and, you know, if this, then that, and, and, you know, that's not my world. I'm sure someone knows it better than I do. They can control and manipulate the response that's being given, and we can essentially rewrite history. So if we want a particular narrative to be put out, I can just put in some data points and, you know, say yes to this, no to that, only give this, only give that. And people have actually praised this, saying, well, this is eliminating fake news. And I think the danger in general, the one thing that we always have to be careful about when we talk about fake news um, is, you know, are we really encompassing all viewpoints and all opinions? Because opinions might be hard to hear, we might disagree with them, but that doesn't mean they should necessarily be silenced or suppressed. And I know that's a very touchy topic and it's a very sensitive one and people have definitely an opinion about it. And so I think AI is going to continue to push out a particular response that's not encapsulating a 360 worldview response and eventually it's going to choose only one and I think one danger in particular that hasn't really been spoken about is that um, society will give AI um, a very important role and responsibility um, in the fact of it's going to set a standard in the same way that we talk about science today. So a lot of people say, well, if science says so, then it must be truth. Science is equated to truth. And I think we're soon going to use AI as um, a way to measure truth. So, oh, well, if AI says it's this way, then that's the way it is. And I think that's a very dangerous, slippery slope to start down because clearly it's giving manipulative data that isn't necessarily concrete or actually true. And one of my current favorite authors shared an, an incredible insight about AI this week. His name is Timothy Willard. He wrote the book, The Beauty Chasers, Recapturing the Wonder of the Divine. Um, highly recommend this book. Such incredible insight on how we can view the world <laughs> and bring back some of the magic and wonder into our lives that we've lost. Um, he's, at, he's pretty active on Instagram. He shares really great um, insight and thoughts, and he shared a story um, some stories the other week about AI and kind of this, the concept around 
power and the danger of handing over this power to someone else. So I'm so glad that he shared this in his weekly newsletter. Um, I highly suggest as, as well as following him on Instagram and buying his book, The Beauty Chasers, also go and subscribe to his newsletter. So I'm going to read this. Um, so this is a quote. Um, and I just think he, he says it so, so well. Um, and he's referring to some works by C.S. Lewis, um, in particular, The Abolition of Man, and um, another book as well. So Timothy Willard said, quote, Lewis reminds us that the technology we wield does not make us smart or powerful. Owning an iPhone is simply an act of consumption. Lewis reminds us that the few in power who own the technology, who wield the power, are in control, and they will subjugate all for the sake of power and money. Do we think these men, women, and corporations have altruistic visions for humanity? They don't. People ask me about AI in writing. Elon Musk recently said that AI can now write poetry as well as a human and faster. Will this make the writer obsolete? Some say technology's intent is to make the world better, but what we don't realize is that we actively participate in making ourselves obsolete, not in a moral sense, but in a power sense. AI is already affecting the writing world. Soon you'll read a novel written by a computer, but a computer cannot sense the divine in a beautiful moment. Sensus divinitatis. A computer does not quiver in the pangs of longing created by the majesty of a waterfall. But we don't seem to care about the beautiful as a society. We emphasize the utility of capitalism at the expense of the uselessness of beauty. End quote. And I think Timothy Willard here touches on <laughs> the important point, too, that soon we're going to read a novel by a computer. Like I said, the conversation I was having, this person very openly shared that, yeah, I'm going to use AI to help me write my book. Which also reminds me of um, this other tool that is very, it's kind of popular right now. And to be honest, I'm not sure why, because I did dabble in it myself. It is called Taplio, and it is a tool that you can use to help improve and increase your LinkedIn visibility and engagement. Essentially, right, to generate leads and bringing people <laughs> into your network. And so I, I did the one-week trial with Taplio, and I do not recommend this to anyone because it's based on AI. So uh, great. Um, I, you know, I think getting a prompt or help, having help with a hook to write a piece of content is one thing. It's a whole other thing when what you can do is it, anyone who's using this program um, is their content shows up on one of the pages and you can interact with their content without having to open up LinkedIn. Okay. So you open up this, this website, you go in, you say, okay, I'm going to engage and interact with other people. So anyone else who has Taplio, their content shows up and you can choose to either respond with your own original comment, or you can use AI to comment for you. And I just think it's so silly that, you would sit there and click generate AI response. Like you would just go through and click generate. And then you have to go back in and edit what it writes for you because it might not be quite right. And it might not be your voice and it might not be what you actually want to say. But I'm sure some people just don't care because they don't have time. But still yet, yeah, you have to sit there and click generate AI response. 
So you're still the person behind it, but it's not even you. And I just think it's so funny that everyone who's using this program is probably simply responding to one another with computer to computer. And so it's not even that personal touch and relationship that is so incredibly important when it comes to networking. I don't want to communicate and network with a computer. I want to communicate and network with a person. I want to get to know the person in and behind the account. I don't care about their AI-generated response. What I also noticed from one week of using this is that the content that these people were putting out, they were using AI-generated content. And I could, it was so, it, it reads like a computer because you simply, there's just some things you simply cannot imitate. And one of them, and if we really want to say, I think it's the soul, the soul of a person. You cannot imitate that. And it's what makes each and every one of us unique. And no matter how hard you're going to try, it's just going to sound weird or off or different or like a robot because that's what it is. And you can tell. So while reading the, this content for a week, I could tell when the post switched from being AI written to edited by the person because it just had a different cadence. It had a different feel. It read in a different way. You could tell there was personality. And so I just think it's a very poor choice of delegating power and insight and intelligence that ultimately the result is going to be something that's also artificial. If you use artificial intelligence to do your work, what you produce is going to be artificial. And is that what you ultimately want? I think it's a good question to leave you with. So those are some of my thoughts on AI. Do I think we need to get rid of chatbots? No. Am I thankful that AI is used in GPS and on the map apps on my phone? Yes. Am I glad that there are some things that are automated? Absolutely, yes. I don't, I don't think that we need to completely eliminate and abolish the use of artificial intelligence. I just think that when it becomes so readily available and at the fingertips of people, we need to make wise decisions on how we want to use such a powerful tool by knowing that we're using it, we're abdicating our power elsewhere. And is it where we want that power to go? 